This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Kelsey Waddell, Senior Editor of Healthcare Intelligence and Multimedia Manager at Extelligent Healthcare Media. Today, we're going to be branching into some new territory in the podcast as we explore the life sciences. Extelligent Healthcare Media has just started a brand new site called lifesciencesintelligence.com, which covers all things life science related, as far as I know. And today we have the opportunity to talk to the new senior editor of Life Sciences Intelligence, Olivia Kaler. Olivia is brand new to the Extelligent Healthcare team, so we're super excited to have you on today, Olivia. Yeah, hi, Kelsey. I'm super excited to be on. Thanks for having me today. Great. All right, so Olivia, first things first, we'd love to hear more about your own background before we sort of get into what the Life Sciences site is about and just what is Life Sciences. Love to hear a bit more of an introduction of yourself about what is your background, what research interests do you have? Yeah, well, I currently reside in Columbus, Ohio. And in 2014, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in microbiology from Ohio State University. And then from there, after graduation, I worked as a quality control microbiologist at American Regent, which is a pharmaceutical company that specializes in sterile injectable drugs. And then from there, I worked as a technical editor for five years at the American Chemical Society. And they are just a nonprofit focused on disseminating chemistry-related, peer-reviewed scientific information. Additionally, I mean, I have a strong passion for science and environmental communication. I know we don't do much environmental in the healthcare industry, but currently pursuing my master's in sustainability at Ohio University as well. As far as research, anything life sciences, anything biology, biochemistry, chemistry, I steer clear from the math heavy sciences like physics. Physics is not my thing, but yeah, that's me. Great. Well, thank you. That's awesome. And excited to see how you bring all of that experience into this conversation and more largely into the lifesciencesintelligence.com site. So getting into the site itself, just for the sake of our listeners, we design our sites with a few major categories along the top of our sites. Life science intelligence is no different. So I want to run us through some of these categories and explore some of the current trends on each subject. So first, Olivia, Tell me a little bit about biotechnology. What do we mean when we refer to biotechnology and what are some of the key things that are happening in that space right now? Yeah, so biotechnology is really huge, right? It's a vast sector that uses biological systems in living organisms to develop desired products. So how can I give you a good example? Let's, okay, so Kelsey, do you like alcohol? Do you drink alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was say, I'm very familiar with alcohol. I do drink as well. And a very simple form of biotechnology that I like to explain because I think most people are familiar with this, brewing alcohol. Hmm. Think about it. Humans have harnessed a metabolic process of yeast, which is known as fermentation, to create a desired product which is alcohol in this scenario, because we like to consume alcohol from fruits and grains. So that is a very simple form of biotechnology that I like to introduce to people, um, just because I feel like the word biotechnology could be kind of confusing and they may think it's more technologically advanced than it really is. We're just using natural systems within biological organisms and modeling their mechanisms. Mm -hmm. I think a big space right now that's utilizing biotechnology is gene editing and tissue engineering. 
for example, you know, CRISPR gene editing technology is a popular method that allows scientists to make precise edits in genomes by adding or replacing certain genes. This process models, like I said, the adaptive immune system. It originated from bacteria. So that's the mechanism that we're using there. And it's rapidly becoming mainstream in numerous research applications, such as cancer research, genetic disorders, viral infections, and pathogen detection. So, you know, it's, it can be used in multiple avenues. Additionally, agriculturally, CRISPR is used to change the genetics of crops, right? We've been able to make, you've heard of genetically modified organisms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, we've been able to develop desired crops. They have different types of herbicide tolerance or pest resistance. We've been able to increase our crop yield and quality in a way we've been able to use this technology to start to end world hunger, which I think is pretty neat. Mm -hmm. Um, In the medical field, we use CRISPR-based treatments for conditions, like I said, cancer, blood diseases, HIV, AIDS, Huntington's. And then just recently we've seen it with COVID-19 with the mRNA with vaccines, but I'd say that that's probably the most popular, or I'd say well-known use of CRISPR. I'd say because just because of the pandemic, people have gotten very familiar with viruses and yeah, I'd say those others, the CRISPR technology for HIV or AIDS, it's probably going to be years away from gaining FDA approval. You know, they're still in early stages of clinical trials, but it does show promising results, which I'm excited about. And then also with the tissue engineering, that's a sharply growing field as well that I personally find fascinating. Tissue engineering can be described by growing tissue in a laboratory, say for burn patients, people who've suffered serious mm-hmm. burns and need skin grafted. Mm-hmm. You can grow that skin in the laboratory and help those patients out. I don't know if you've heard of the studies where scientists are now displaying the ability to grow small organs. They've been able to cultivate liver colon organoids, and they've been able to graft that onto mouse organs and they can actually survive and grow, which (laughs) that's a promising proof of concept right there that one day we eventually could maybe grow organs in the lab and it would eliminate the whole organ transplant list and Mm. the need for organs because they're so precious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's just the first section and there's so much there that we could dive into in more detail. And I have so many questions already, but but this is just an overview. So I'm going to restrain myself and okay. we're going to move on to the next category, which is genetics and genomics. And I think some of our audience members will be familiar with this space, if, even if they aren't in the life sciences, as the healthcare industry has been exploring, as you mentioned a bit ago, gene therapy and also precision medicine and coverage for these solutions. But just so we're all on the same page, how would you explain the scope of genetics and genomics in the life sciences? And what would you say are some of the genetics and genomics trends that healthcare professionals should be aware of? Yeah, so genetics, genomics can be a little confusing, but I like to define it as genetics is really just the study of the genes and the method by which certain traits or conditions are passed down from generation to generation through the genetics. Whereas genomics is really the all-encompassing study of the genes, right? All of the genes in a living organism that comprises a genome. So really you're looking at all of the genes versus in genetics, you may just be looking at a small portion, you know, one gene or maybe just a couple sets of genes. So really genetics is probably your most popular field. However, 
genomics has been having emerging technology as well, which we'll discuss. But I do want to get into genetics right now because I think that studying hereditary genes is really popular, right? Medical genetics include conditions like birth defects, autism, breast, ovarian, and colon cancers. Mm-hmm. And because these disorders can be obviously traced back to inherited genes, studying these and how they're passed down is a huge factor because we don't know exactly how that is done. A study in 2019 found that uh, 80% of autism risk is traced back to inherited genes rather than just random mutations or environmental factors. On the flip side, it's a little less for breast cancer, around five to 10% of breast cancer is thought to be hereditary. So, you know, finding out why is that? Why does it seem that you have a higher risk of getting autism versus breast cancer? How are these genes broken up? And like I said, with genomics and in 2003, the full human genome was discovered. So all these advances in genomics have really happened since 2003, which I think is really cool. Wow, yeah. And these advances, they've been able to help scientists leverage genomic information sort of as a screening tool. And it reveals an individual's risk of certain diseases. And because of that, they're able to improve patient care and provide individualized therapies and treatments to give better targeted treatments to a targeted condition. Wow. Awesome. Thank you. So then moving into our third category here, pathology is the next section. And I actually had to look up the definition of this one. Merriam-Webster defines pathology as the study of the essential nature of diseases and especially of the structural and functional changes produced by them, which sounds like a very broad and technical field to me. So could you give us a bit more detail on that about what is happening in pathology lately? And again, why is this important for healthcare professionals to be aware of? Yeah. So like you said, pathology is incredibly broad and I agree with that assessment, (laughs) (laughs) but I chose this as a category specifically because This medical discipline provides diagnostic information to patients and clinicians. And I think that artificial intelligence and machine learning, I'm sure you've heard a lot about that in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are emerging trends that are making waves in pathology. These diagnostic support systems are being used to make a more informed pathology diagnosis, which increases accuracy as well. So when you're performing diagnosis, these are more accurate results and digital technology is also changing the face of pathology. So for me, you know, I'm background as a microbiologist. I am used to using a conventional microscope and I'm sure you've taken a science course in your life <laughs> or you've used a microscope, right? Yeah. And, you know, you have to get the slide on the platform you know, you have to get the yep. focus and it's, <laughs> It's a pain in the butt and you can't always look at the entire slide. You have to move the slide over to get a better view. So the digital technology is really changing this. Thanks to the advantages of digital pathology, a pathologist can now interact with computer images for analysis in this type of whole slide imaging. That's what they call it, whole slide imaging, because you can see the entire slide versus just a small section. It's more interactive than traditional methods. And it also allows multiple people to view the image simultaneously and remotely. So you get faster results. Pathologists aren't tied to being in a laboratory to send off the results. 
And what I think is kind of cool is, as a scientist is, you know, you're looking at images versus with your retina looking and seeing into the microscope, mm-hmm. you're not able to make annotations on a slide. But these images you could print out and write as many annotations, as many notes as you want and help with your diagnosis. So yeah. yeah, I just think that that's, it's revolutionary. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. And that's pretty, as you said, a departure from, I guess, the traditional way of doing things, showing that that field has especially a lot of, of room for growth, sounds like. So I'm so glad that it's a category and I can't wait to hear more. We have a couple more categories to cover, but we're going to take those on in our next week's episode. So thank you so much, Olivia, for coming on today and for sharing the first half of this conversation with us. Yeah, thank you so much, Kelsey. It's been a pleasure and I am so excited to come back and talk more. Listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Feel free to reach out to me at kwadil at extelligentmedia.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts. You can also use that email to let us know if there are any health industry related questions or stories you would like us to consider covering. And if you liked this episode and it sparked some thoughts for you, please head over to Apple and give us a few stars and a positive review. Thank you for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production.